thank you for tuning in to Splat Attack. Today we will be having an episode battle between Pete and Pete's Yellow Fever and Das Bus with special guest Carl from 90s Nicktube. If you are watching on YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe. If you are listening on a podcast app, please leave us a review. As always, these minor actions on your part have a tremendous effect on our channel. If you enjoy our content, please subscribe to our Patreon. We have bonus episodes, live streams, and spooky season is around the corner, and we have some fun things planned. Go to patreon.com slash splatattack. Now let's get on the bus and head to school. It's more than a school bus. On long rides, it becomes a giant incubator filled with the churning psyches of 48 kids. Inside, a kind of chemical reaction takes place. People change. Friends become enemies. Enemies become friends. And a class trip becomes a journey into the darkest recesses of your own soul. Little did I know that when Stu invited me into the wonderful world of bus driving, just how wonderful it would be. happy and you know it stomp your feet if you're happy and you know it knock your head if you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it then you'll join us for this episode battle boom boom welcome to splat attack slimesters and then use nick podcast that dives into our slime filled past i'm your gackerific bus buddy brett and i'm your slime-tastic driver in training alex and brett for our episode battle today what are we duking it out in the schoolyard with? Glad you asked, Alex. Believe it or not, we had so much fun doing our summer episode battle in season two that I wanted another round for this fall. And since there is one show that we both love that celebrates both summer and fall in a showcase of all of its episodes, it only seemed natural to do our second episode battle of the podcast with two high-octane school-themed Pete and Pete episodes, Das Bus from season three and Yellow Fever from season two. And... The most exciting part of this is bus driver Stu will be riding around Wellsville in both of these episodes. Very true, Alex. Everyone's favorite disgruntled, quirky bus driver from the Pete and Pete universe is one of many common threads across our episodes today. But before we pack our lunches and board the bus, who is our guest judge today? Why, that'd be our good friend and fellow 90s Nick fan, Carl from 90s Nicktube. Say hi to the rest of the students, Carl. If you're happy and you know it, knock your head. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Brett and Alex, for having me here. This is this is awesome. I was telling you guys just a couple minutes ago, it's not often that I get to talk 90s Nick with fellow Nick kids. And so I'm, I'm relishing this opportunity. And especially, you know, it's, it's uh, September. It's back to school. We get to talk Pete and Pete. This is the best. It can't get better than this. Ah, uh, yes, it's the perfect season for all this, and we're so happy and grateful to have you here today, Carl. Very I mean, much. it's not off, not often we run into other people who still appreciate this stuff these days, certainly out in the real world. So, you know, having these moments are, are few and far between, whether it's on the podcast or not, and we're just 
We're just happy to enjoy every moment with all you slimesters out there. And uh, not to address something that's super touchy, but uh, 90s NickTube over on Instagram and Facebook had a really sweet thing going for a while until the uh, social media gods decided to smote it. But uh, Carl still does some really great stuff. He very recently did this uh, pendant from Are You Afraid of the Dark? And actually, Martin Legends. Yes, from Legends. But uh, but he actually made, made that and um, partnered with us for a giveaway. So even though we're still not able to do the uh, live streams and things like that at the moment, which I'm sure I, I, I know Carl, I'm sure he's working on another way to be able to get this out to everybody at some point, but definitely give nineties Nick tube a follow. He's got some great stuff. Definitely love his content. Very similar to buddy television. Actually, when I used to do that while mm -hmm. Alex was doing his 90 exclusives and um, you know, I ran into similar issues too. I had planned a hundred episodes for that. Um, back when I was doing Instagram live streams, you know, on a weekly basis, but again, algorithms and popularity and other stuff beyond our control just got in the way. So, you know, when we get kicked down, we just got to get up again and, uh, find another way to make it work. And by putting our heads together, you know, we get, we come up with stuff like this and it's working great so far. Yep. So let's hope for a hundred episodes <laughs> let's get that far before we get taken down by the, by the YouTube Nazis. <laughs> And we've definitely, before the episode, we were pitching around some pretty big ideas. Uh, and they are very ambitious. So if you want uh, 90s Nick fans to be able to have something really special, keep the support going. This is yep. a community thing. This isn't just a splat attack thing. So keep, keep the support going. Yeah, share our videos and um, you know podcast episodes to fellow 90s Nick fans. Rate us and review us so that we can continue to like get noticed by the algorithm so it can continue to spread and grow and can actually get funding for the show. Um, you know, we love meeting new people. We can connect with you guys more and more this way through Mona's mailbag, YouTube comments, you name it. You know, we're here for you guys. So as long as we can keep this rapport and support going between us, you know, it's it's going to make us endure all the challenges that we face on the road ahead. Trad. You guys, you guys are, are are providing such an awesome service to the '90s Nick community. It, it's uh, more more people need to support and watch and share. Totally. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, shall we discuss what episodes we're going to be talking about and what our categories are? Uh, just about. I just gotta get all my stuff packed in my backpack first. So that we can get on the school bus. I got I got my uh, Apple, shiny Apple for the teacher. I suck <laughs> up. Yeah, I mean, I'm dressed like one, so what do you expect? <laughs> I've got my ruler to make straight edges. Got my pencil. Give me something to write on for all you Van Halen fans. Uh, pencil sharpener, of course. Uh, my notebook so that I can write down questions for our segment coming up. And, of course... What school day is not complete without two DVD, um, you know, box sets of Pete and Pete? Still waiting on the season three one, wherever the hell that is. But for now, mm -hmm. these will do. So, to go along with being a suck up, first day of school, my son Sam, who I'm sure many of you know from Sam Reacts, wanted to take a, an, an apple to the teacher on the first day of school. Very sweet. Uh, except the apple was rotting. <laughs> like, Sam, that's not going to send the right message. Oh, okay. And he throws it away. <laughs> Reminds me of this one time when Helga tried to stymie, um, I think Olga, when she was being a substitute teacher in Hey Arnold, and she tried to give an apple um, with a worm in it to her. And then Mr. Simmons ended up eating it and fainting. Uh, <laughs> 
So, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you want to get back at your teachers, I don't recommend rotten apples or apples with worms in them. <laughs> no, no. no, 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 no. Yeah, so I, I think I have my bags packed, so uh, let's board the yellow fever and, uh, you know, start this episode battle. But uh, let, let's figure out what the categories are first before we, we are ready to head to school, shall we? So our categories for this episode <clears throat> is story, because you have to have story. And in order to have the story, you also have to have main characters. And since, you know, this is all about being on the bus, we have the fellow bus riders of Wellsville, and we also have the use of bus driver stew and the school theme. And let's be honest, it's Pete and Pete. You've got some great lines in Pete and Pete in almost every episode, if not every episode. So one of our final category, it, our final category is best quotes. Yeah, normally this would be like a say what segment, but I figured there's just so many in each of these particular episodes that we should just give it its own category yes. and wipe out one of the other ones that we had in our previous episode battle. Uh, what we did on our summer vacation versus Splashdown or vice versa. Um, if you haven't seen that already, we had Joey from Big Orange Couch on that. Pretty cool. Love having him on as a judge. And uh, you can check it out on our YouTube page or any podcast platform you can find us. And did we uh, did we say what the episodes are that we're going to be talking about? Uh, if we didn't, I'm going to remind you all now. It's, all uh, right. it's Yellow Fever from Season 2, Pete and Pete, Episode 12, I believe. And then Das Bus, which is season three, episode 11. Uh, before we get started, because Carl, you are a big fan of Pete yes. and Pete. Uh, I, I know you, you probably don't have it right there, but you've got some pretty cool things. What are some things that you have that are Pete and Pete related? Yeah, um, let's see. Well, I, I I did pull this to have it ready. Alex, you or uh, Brett, you, you packed your bag. Um, I made sure to have my uh, first day outfit ready. So I've got my uh, Pete and Pete cap here. Awesome. And uh, yeah, this uh, it's not not a screen used cap, um, though I did. I bought it from a online thrift shop from the East Coast. So who knows, maybe maybe at some point it did cross paths with Danny Tamborelli. <laughs> but I did did a ton of research to figure out what the actual hat was and, and finally found out what it was. So had to get one of those. Um, Something else I've, I've got, um, most of my collection is centered around like Nick Studios. Um, you know, a show that was filmed there or, um, uh, you know, uh, scripts or, you know, anything used in production. So uh, something that I, I have that I, uh, I'm really proud of for Pete and Pete, because there's not a lot out there. There's not a lot out there, period, for yeah. 90s Nick stuff. Um, but especially Pete and Pete. So I've got a, um, uh, it's the Studio Master tape. Uh, so this would have been what was delivered to Nick Studio to be played on air. Um, so this is um, uh, Pete and Pete uh, the, from the third season, uh, the episode called 35 Hours. Oh, wow. That's the premiere yeah. episode. Yep. So uh, and I've got a couple other things that are still in the in the display cab, but I grabbed those. I thought, thought it'd be cool to, to uh, show these to the viewers. Yeah, I mean, we always love a round of show and tell, especially for a school-themed episode. So uh, thank you for sharing that, Carl. That's yeah, amazing. absolutely. Yep. While we're on the topic of school buses, have you seen the the like shorts that would show on SNCC called As the School Bus Turns? Yeah, yep. 
Do you remember any of those at all? And do you think it would take place in the in the Wellsville Pete and Pete universe? Because they do have kind of an offbeat, quirky feel to them. I always, I remember watching those growing up and I always remember thinking, and I don't know why, but I always remember thinking this has to take place in the same universe or same world you know like they're alternate characters or something like that they have like that a different feeling. a different road that's away from like west platelet avenue which is like where the Pete's hang out most often. yeah 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 like maybe this this was the other route to the <laughs> to the school you know the other bus in town um but yeah that's it's so funny how we're our our minds do those things when we're young and you know, we we put pieces of a puzzle together that maybe were never intended to be together. But both shows captured that, um, you know, the shorts I'm talking about as a show, but that, yeah, both captured that feeling of uh, uh, freedom on the school bus, you know, because you get, you get out of school and like that's exciting enough to be going home for the day. And uh, you're on the school bus, and you don't and have a teacher with around. All these different characters. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Splat Attack actually shared them not that long ago on our. All right. on, oh, that's on, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. On Reddit and TikTok, uh, and uh, I had also shared them over on my Instagram as well. But uh, yes, I remember them very well. There are four in total, I believe. I we have three. There is a fourth one that I can't find yet, and it seems to be the one that most everyone was uh, had pulled from memory. Uh, I'm sure I have got it somewhere in my archives. I just haven't come across it yet. Um, are they within the same universe? I can see it being within the same universe. It has very much the same feel as uh, as Pete and Pete does. Uh, it, it would be fun if it was just a, a, a spinoff of it uh, yeah. with, uh, with different bus drivers as opposed to just bus drivers too. Uh, so yeah, I can see it taking place within Wellsville, certainly. Yeah, and maybe like little Pete interacts with some of the characters when they get off the bus so that we can see that connection or transition from, you know, this world to their world or, you know, different parts of the same world that we're not aware of. Or if it's um, just going down the sidewalk or going down the street and then you see through the window, you know, Artie right. doing something in the background. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. or you pass pass uh Teddy speed walking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which which uh, uh, Yellow Fever did perfectly, by the way. There's there's a scene where, well, I'm sure we'll get it, get to, get into it. But yeah, there's a scene where we see in the background some some interesting stuff happening. Let's let's get our swords and shields and. Uh... Oh, that doesn't work because I'm using green screen. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Broke my gag. Uh... Let's get it on with the episode battle. You ready to go, Alex? You're going down. You're going to detention. I'm going to be taking the ride home. No, I'm not. I'm a good little boy. I sit in the front of the bus. <laughs> I, I'm the bus driver pet. <laughs> Look how clean uh, my sli hair is slicked. <laughs> dweeb. Uh, What's a dweeb always a dweeb? Hey, them's fighting words. <laughs> Carl, will you moderate for us before we uh, get our hand in this brawl? We haven't even started yet. I don't know. I'm not sure I want to touch the, you know, in between us at all. <laughs> Might be a little dangerous. I might well, I might need to call a, a favor in with Endless Mike to uh, uh -oh. figure this out. And, and Pit saying, "Oh, geez, this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be a problem." 
Uh, long as paper cuts not a part of it, we're all right. Yeah, yeah. I can't stand paper cuts. They sting like a mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's start off with story. Let's we'll let's start with Yellow Fever. Uh, so Yellow Fever. Uh, that one begins with pretty much the class is going on a field trip, and uh, they have been warned ahead of time by one of the teachers that uh, they are not allowed to sing the dreaded if you're happy and you know it uh th th there is no reason given by the school staff but it is uh revealed that uh, there was a relationship between Stu and another bus driver which we had seen previously in another Pete and Pete episode and that was kind of their love song and uh then one day just for whatever reason, she decides I'm no longer happy. Well, you can still stamp your feet. No. And uh, she's broken his heart. And now Stu is maniacal. It, it, there, there's this underlying, I don't want to say hatred, because that's not entirely true. But all he's, there is a facade that he's putting up of do my job but it just takes one snap and then every bit of emotion that he's got is going to come flying out and everyone can see it and it builds throughout this episode uh, so the majority of the episode takes place on the bus uh, Little Pete is not a part of this episode it pretty much follows Big Pete and Ellen and all the passengers that are on and Ellen has gotten a love note uh, essentially, uh, but it's a mystery as to who, and Big Pete doesn't know how to handle that. So he tries to intervene and n sit by her on the bus so that way who did write it can't sit there, and he starts messing with other people and um, really showing off. Uh, he's got his peacock feathers up for sure, trying to be the dominant on the up on the on the bus and then you've got everyone else on the bus who's got their particular quirks which we'll get into but eventually one thing leads to another that just adds to chaos and every new element uh just pushes Stu farther and farther and farther uh to the point where he's about to snap and uh the final straw uh, which we'll get to more of these little things whenever we talk about the, the passengers. But uh, the final straw was uh, one of the characters has got ears galore. And uh, again, we'll address that, but Pete ends up going against his usual thing, his usual morale, and flicks one of the ears, which makes this character snap and mostly because it was from big pete who normally does not behave in this fashion and once they got back on the bus this character was wanting to make sure that no one will ever do this again so he goes into singing if you're happy and you know it the song that shall not be named and everyone begins to beg this person sit down sit down shut up stop singing this song and then you have this expression uh, for those of you who are just listening, uh, it's that slow 
stare to the back of the bus where it, it it's almost Jack Nicholson like just and uh and then the uncomfortable smile uh with this really nice and pleasant voice as he begins to sing if you're happy and you know it which is even creepier than just him going off and he uh, Stu has lost his mind he is now singing the song running up and down the aisle of the bus with no one driving the bus everyone is panicking and everyone is trying to get Stu to snap out of it because the bus is going out of control it's going to go over the edge of a cliff and uh, it's the first time we really get a real sense of danger on the episode or on on Pete and Pete I mean we've we've had stakes but I mean this is a bus full of kids who's about to fall go flying off a cliff and um, finally one of the other uh, passengers begins to sing uh, the hokey pokey which then everyone starts to do the hokey pokey, hoping to snap Stu out of the if you're happy and you know it, which eventually works. And he notices that no one's driving the bus. And it was very much a, oh, no one's driving. No one's driving the bus. And then runs up to the front, stops the bus, and everyone is able to get off and be safe. And eventually the teacher who warned, do not sing this song, it learns that someone did. And they are going to unleash hell upon whoever did this. Uh, detention and uh, a whole slew of punishments. Uh, and this kid who sang this is not a bad kid. He's often a victim who just had enough. And um, Big Pete felt bad that the reason he did this was because of Big Pete's actions. So he decided to take the rap for this kid stepping up and uh uh endless mike was like ah oh, no you're you're a dweeb because for for a while they, they were starting to get together but uh, again we'll address that later but the those are the main plot points of yellow fever awesome brett let's hear about uh das bus well uh das bus basically what happens in that is that it's it's like career day at wellsville uh, there's like a job fair going on and uh, Big Pete's just kind of perusing the gym for different possibilities that he might consider. Uh, you know, there's like, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but I know a bear is one of them and I think Mr. Tasty's there. <laughs> you know, the range boy bear, of course. Um, and for some reason, uh, while Pete's like lost in a, in a haze of romance as, he, as he's fawning over his latest uh, hormonally driven love interest, uh, which is Penelope Gerudo this time around. Uh, he has a lot of those in season three, by the way, I should mention. Um, you know, it's bus driver Stu tries to capture his attention while he's standing in front of his, his table that, you know, shows him that there's a lot more to bus driving than just bus driving. Um, and so, you know, as, as a means to impress this girl, uh, Big Pete gets the idea that, you know, if he shows some maturity and responsibility by being like a substitute bus driver and passing uh, Stu's examination when he's like on the bus with him, then maybe he gets to drive the bus instead when he's not around. And, uh, you know, he, he, he eventually works to that, but on the way he deals with a lot of challenges of actually being a substitute bus driver because apparently when when all the 
children of Wellsville are on the bus, including Big Pete, I'm sorry, Little Pete and his friends like Wayne and Monica and et cetera, they hear the word substitute. It's just like a trigger or like a switch flipping in their head, just like must destroy substitute at all costs. <laughs> and they just, they just terrorize them. Um, but luckily he's not deterred. He continues to, to try and get the hang of this, this like, you know, training this process of, um, you know, winning Stu over and getting the responsibility of driving the bus. Uh, at, at first, he doesn't do so great. Like he takes the the lazy, you know, half-ass approach, and uh, you know, obviously Stu's upset that he didn't do so well. I, I love the particular quote that he says here that I'll mention later in the quote category. Uh, but when he gets the notion that Penelope is like the last person off the bus and how Stu mentions that, you know, there's something special about getting to know the last person off the bus. Uh, you know, the light bulb goes on in Big Pete's head thinking that he can he can get to know her by, you know, dropping all the kids off and, you know, spending time with her before he has to return the school bus to the bus depot. So, you know, essentially he turns a new leaf, you know, thinking about his end goals and he, he becomes the exemplary um, you know, substitute bus driver, even with all the challenges faced with him, it, he just rolls with it. Like, uh, there's one instance where I think Little Pete and all of his friends have some sort of leaf floor filled with salad and they, you know, blast it at him and he just happens to catch it in a bowl and offers it to Penelope at the back. And, you know, everything's, you know, just, it's wacky, it's wild, but it somehow works together in one beautiful, harmonious dance. And, uh, you know, by the end, we, we, we also get to see, um, I should mention as a side thing, we, we get to see Ellen's career that she chose for career day, which is like being a, a vending maintenance person. So there's, there's a little <laughs> bit of sides where Ellen is talking with Pete to kind of guide him and give him some encouragement as usual. Um, and of course, all the wacky things that come out of the vending machines while they're talking about this uh, at the bus depot. It's and the future, Pete. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, you should see some of the vending machines in Japan and all the crazy things you can get from there that I will not mention because some of them are disgusting. But <laughs> <laughs> it is the future. <laughs> Anyways, um, so through so through winning the heart of both bus driver Stu and you know getting the attention of Penelope, he ends up blazing through his first route. Um, as like the bus driver for these kids, drops him off in record time. And uh, while Stu's making a cake to like celebrate his first drive and him coming back to the bus depot and learning everything that he's taught him with flying colors, uh, Pete decides to take an un unexpected turn and uh, drive Penelope to the lake with the autumn leaves and the sunset glistening on the water. And uh, upon Stu, catching wind of this on the on the like intercom speaker at the bus depot he suddenly changes his tune very much like how he goes from normal to crazy in yellow fever with the song triggering him and as he's baking like a congratulatory cake for pete he just massacres it but essentially upon hearing this news you know bus driver Stu gets triggered very similar how he gets triggered in yellow fever and decides to go on a very uh I don't even know how to describe it. It's uh, other than just this unique quirky rampage montage, you know, where he's going to get back at Big Pete for betraying him and, uh, you know, having his, you know, what thinking for him instead of his, you know, what. 
Uh, <laughs> and so, and Can so, you elaborate well, on that. Let, let's just say there's three conscious centers in the body. There's the head, there's the heart, and the the loins. His loins are in full control due to his hormones in this moment, and because he's not thinking clearly. Uh, Stuart is like, you son of a bitch, I'm going to kill you. And he just grabs his whisk and books it right out of there. And while, while we're seeing <laughs> Stu traveling uh, through a, a very impressive sprint through all these different fields and areas across Wellsville, you know, Peach is kind of smoozing with Penelope in the back of the bus that he drove her to the lake with. And then just as they get to the kiss, moments before they touch, it's like, wait, this doesn't seem right. And then Stu's climbing the bus, noticing them, you know, hanging down in the back window. And Big Pete has a change of heart and he realized, no, I can't do this. This is not morally right. I shouldn't be selfish after all the growth and uh, Stu taking him under his wing and believing in him essentially, even though he didn't think he could do this job because he was just doing it to get the girl. And so, you know, he backs down from, uh, you know, winning the affection of Penelope and decides to turn the bus around. And as he brings it back to the depot, of course, you know, Stu arrives with his cute little bus apron and his whisk in hand as the, as the garage door ominously, you know, opens up. And then as he approaches him, he's just like, you know what, you did good kid. Let's, let's have some donuts to celebrate, take a break in the break room. And then from there, it just kind of beautifully blends into this moment where everyone gets what they want. Like Big Pete still gets to hang out all all chummy with Penelope on the bus while Stu's looking at them longingly like, oh, you two, you're so cute together. And then just driving them away into the sunset. And, you know, that's that's just the bus ride through Das Bus. It's, it's so, uh, so, well, it's that thing that Pete and Pete does excellent, which, which is like makes surreal believable and in a way that everybody can relate to it. And both both episodes, you know, do that exceptionally here. Yeah, that's that's the brilliance of Chris Viscardi and Will McRobb, you know, at the helm with their writing and Catherine Diekman with her camera work. Somehow mm-hmm. they just got this very uh, quirky offbeat style that that elevates the the mundane and the suburban lifestyle and it, it makes you not look away like it's captivating mm-hmm. with all the weird things they they do to spin reality mm-hmm. um through all the different instances that we have cool well how about we go to main character uh so we have big pete uh he is our main character this episode uh, there is a swarm of supporting characters, which we'll get to, but uh, Big Pete this episode is probably approaching his most cynical that we've ever really seen in uh, Pete and Pete, and that's understandable, because I'm sure most people have gone through a stage at some point, uh, depending on who your influences are, uh, but for the most part, uh he's okay. I mean, he starts the episode in in good graces. He ends it in very good graces, but right in the middle, uh, Ellen, who has been his friend, but not his girlfriend, which they actually have that start that quote in this episode. Moving in on your girlfriend. Well, she's a girl, and she's a friend, but she's not quite... it's one thing whenever you have your friend just be your friend, but once somebody else starts to take interest in them, that's when you start to get defensive. 
And it's not just somebody who you're affectionate towards. I mean, it's everybody. I have this relationship with this person my entire life, and now someone else is wanting to move in on what is my position. And now he begins to become defensive. Now, you can look at that two ways. You can look at that as she's moving, they're moving in on my friend, or it's, it, she could be and my girlfriend, but I haven't really thought about that until now. So you could see it two ways. Uh, but throughout that point, he didn't want anybody else, and he becomes very jealous, and that's not a side we normally see for Big Pete. And uh, it's very much a coming-of-age moment for him that we don't uh, normally get to see also. And uh, through his antics of trying to stop other people from taking that coveted seat beside Ellen, he ends up... Uh, catching the attention of Stu, the bus driver Stu, who then sends him to the dreaded back of the bus. And uh, the back of the bus, in my opinion, has always been the seat that you want on the bus, because that's the most fun until you realize it's not the location, it's the company within the back seat of the bus, where you get Endless Mike. And that's when the influence begins. Uh, where Endless Mike begins to push Big Pete even more now that he's in this mindset of jealousy and frustration and sees his friend begin to move in on Ellen. And now that's really starting to frustrate him even more because this is my friend and he's moving in on someone I care about. And then the prank war begins, uh, which we see other characters do. But uh, Big Pete begins to take part in that and actually enjoys it for a time. Uh, and then uh, he's pushed by Endless Mike for one more big push, one more prank, and then you can be part of my gang. And it's one of the few times we see Endless Mike and Pete actually get along uh, because he even says at the beginning of the episode, his arch nemesis is uh, Endless Mike. Endless Mike, my arch nemesis. So he begins to really twist the idea around of who is my friend, who's not my friend. And uh, he eventually succumbs to Endless Mike's um, prodding and flicks the ear of one of the characters who we will address later. And that's what begins the... the um, debacle that we addressed in the previous moment uh, where they sing if you're happy and you know it and that's when Big Pete began to realize well it wasn't that moment it was before that moment as soon as he flicked this kid's ears he instantly felt awful uh, it, granted it's just a flick it's still picking on somebody and the pranks are one thing but to do something physically to another person that everyone else has done and and he knows that this character doesn't like that and he knows that it sent him over the edge now he feels awful for his actions and uh, as a result of that he pays the consequences for those actions at the end of the show and uh, even comes up to him and apologizes and says you you don't deserve that and uh, so it, it was a redeeming moment. And uh, he was very angry with Ellen as well and was threatening to do away with our relationship. Nope, maybe we shouldn't be friends anymore. And then by the end of the episode, he was, yeah, I, I, was, a, I was a jerk. And 
goes back to being the good guy that we typically see Pete being. So that is Pete, uh, our main character for this episode. Brett, let's hear about uh, main characters on Das Bus. Or is it, is it Das Bus? Or is it Das, das Boos? Because... <laughs> oh, yeah. Das Boos. Uh, I'd like to see that that school bus go underwater and uh, survive. <laughs> Reminds me of this episode, The Simpsons. I have no idea which one it is, but like bus driver Otto ends up sinking the ship, uh, the school bus. And they have to like make it to an island, and then it turns to Lord of the Flies with the kids before they get rescued by, um, I think, uh, Principal Skinner and Groundskeeper Willie, but that's just a quick little side tangent. Um, before I begin with, with my half of the category of uh, the main character, which is actually Big Pete, but he's uh, a, a driver instead of a rider in this scenario, uh, a couple of things came to mind when Alex was talking about his, his part, and it made me think of not only my, my personal memories when I was you know, sitting on the school bus growing up because I, I noticed that there's kind of a spectrum based on the length of the bus relative to like personality. It's like the, the really preppy and the safe kids like to sit just behind the, the bus driver and then you got all the normal kids are lumped in the middle who just converse every day and whatnot. And then you got like the troublemakers and some of the fun, you know, unique people who, who don't quite play by the rules that sit in the back. And if you're lucky to get back there without being like bullied or hazed, then you're essentially one of them. So I, I find it interesting to think about as a concept that the bus actually is a measuring stick uh, for like the spectrum of personalities of all the students on there. And uh, the second thing that uh, him talking about that made me think of is just like uh, essentially a bystander becoming a bully. and. It made me think a lot about my personal past, too, because I, I mentioned before on the podcast, but I had some difficulty dealing with bullies growing up where I wanted to fit in. Uh, I wasn't seen as cool. I was a very much a, a smart kid who followed all my parents' orders, you know, dressed all super nice, and some people didn't like that that much. So it made me question my sense of self in elementary school and uh, in some instances I ended up compromising who I was by fitting in with the cool kids for a while but it was at the price of constantly being made fun of and stuff stolen from me and having people not believe me when I needed help so it's it, it was very difficult to think about that and I, I definitely put myself in Big Pete's shoes where you know there was instances where I wanted to get back at people who have wronged me as, as a young child but when I've had those moments where I, I felt myself getting a little bit too rough, even if it was just like pushing someone for once because I, I've had enough kind of like Mark Twibb, uh, I, I realized that's not who I am. So e even though this kind of works in Alex's favor and less so mine, uh, the, the point where Pete, Big Pete has this self-realization that this is not who he is. This is just the madness of the yellow fever on this field trip. Uh, warping his sense of self, it, it really rang true with me uh, based on my memories of that. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, I I didn't, you know, until until you're describing kind of your situation um, growing up, e even, even if you weren't like, you know, there's different like degrees of being bullied or being the bully, even if you didn't experience like really harsh bullying, or or more on the other side of that i think growing up and this is something pete and pete does really well too mm -hmm. um uh 
whether you know whatever area on that spectrum you lived like you still can empathize with the characters um everybody has been bullied to some degree everybody has been the bully to some degree and we all know what big pete was feeling when he realized you know after flicking um mark twibb's ear you know what have i done like that's that's not who i am so well with that being said let me let me formally get into my side of the category of main character uh of course we have big pete here too except except uh this time he's not just a passenger but he's the driver at, at least by the second half of the episode um you know we see him going through this from from like I would say like junior or senior year of high school, it's it's unclear, but he's definitely more mature and older this time around the season. And he's thinking about his future, like getting with girls, maybe his career through the job fair. And uh, it, it makes him question his, his role within all of it as he's pondering which job to take. And by taking a chance with Stu, he's actually going with something that is familiar yet something he hasn't considered before you know everyone rides the school bus once in a while but do you really think about what it's like to be the bus driver themselves when you don't have to do it you're just waiting to get off the bus so in taking a chance on on that career path with Stu and learning the ropes and you know uh, just like you know checking all the boxes off and getting into that position it, it really makes you more appreciative of what bus drivers have to endure just to do a simple task which is you know pick up kids on your route and then drop them off at school and then do it again at the end of the day uh, it's not so simple point a and b like many things in life there's a lot of like u-turns and dead ends and just meandering in between to get to that point and part of that makes the journey beautiful other times it makes it a little bit rocky and bumpy and we get to see that to some degree although not quite as twisted as yellow fever it's definitely its own brand of insanity um with like the kids overreacting to the word substitute and just really uh, turning into this mob mentality where they are the bully against big pete and challenging him as he's trying to you know leave the comfort of being a kid and maturing into an adult which i think is very very um i don't want to say mature again to sound redundant but it definitely makes me think that they're they're handling these deeper more intellectual themes very subtly and, and elegantly by by doing this with the writing and so when B, when big pete's dealing with you know this this transition from boyhood to manhood it, it makes him question well do i have to give up everything in order to get what i want in life whether it's like the girl or a career or can i still have that sense of youthfulness and playfulness and spontaneity that i used to have like what little pete exhibits and uh it, it's nice that we get to see little pete here for a change because unfortunately he's not in the yellow fever episode he doesn't come back till sick day the episode after um but he he does appear in day of the dot which is another bus driver stew-esque episode mm -hmm. Uh, just seeing that that dichotomy, that that paradox between the two, it, it gives you a full perspective on how you grapple with different phases of your life when you're going through that stage of adolescence until you reach adulthood. So I I appreciate Big Pete here being the mirror for all of us who are on the latter half of our high school career and thinking about either going to college or trade school or just jumping right into the real world after that. Awesome.
I'm um I'm I'm taking notes as we go because as as you guys are describing both of these, and I've I've watched them recently, but as you're describing them, going you know more, I'm like, man, this is these are this is really hard. I don't know how I'm gonna be able to judge these. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm, I'm just I'm I'm trying to take notes. So that I can... I, I'm just gonna say if you don't want to pick one or the other, we do allow draws. Well, I, mean... I may have to do some draws on some i mean some categories are a little easier than others right. um but we'll we'll see we'll see here we'll yeah see. just yeah. do whatever feels right for you no yeah. matter yeah. whether it's win lose or draw excellent so uh let's see fellow bus riders of wellsville is that the third category we want to jump to that yeah. is the third category cool uh so for yellow fever Fellow bus riders, how was it? Fellow bus drivers. That's just one. Uh, fellow bus riders of Wellsville. Uh, this is a huge part of the episode uh, because this is it's a it's a class field trip essentially, and I've I'm sure we've all been on a class field trip that takes place in a bus. Uh, usually they're fairly close, but I have had the privilege and i mean that sincerely to be able to take at least two or three long bus rides with uh, my graduating class and it was very very similar to this episode uh, much in the same aspect of as what brett was saying where you have the quote-unquote nice good well-behaved children in the front and then would slowly go to the kids who would typically cause trouble in class all the way in the back and and that's that's always been my experience uh both for going home and on field trips and um part of what makes this episode so special is the fact that not only are these kids here but there's a lot of kids and they all have something very special about them and they all play a part within the uh within the dilemmas that pop up throughout the episode uh, so they're not just there as cannon fodder they're there to add to the chaos and uh one of them is teddy uh he's probably the least influential of the uh outcome but uh we do get to see more of him and his whole thing this episode is he usually eats all of the food that he packs by the time they get to their final destination so he's trying to figure out how to how to eat his food and still have some left over by the time he gets to where they're going uh, what a great bit that was I yes. love this. he takes small bites now and if he <laughs> right. eats them it, like in yeah. a precise order then it'll be he'll be halfway through within an hour i, I loved his his little micrometer out measuring the... <laughs> that's great i particularly love when they get to the point where a lot of um passengers start losing their minds and they're like at a point where the bus is stopped and teddy digs a hole and throws a sandwich and he's just like i hate myself i did it again <laughs> and i'm like man i i didn't realize you can be so ocd with a sandwich before and i thought i i have yeah. problems making sandwiches <laughs> and uh then we've got bill in this episode and uh bill is our practical joker and <laughs> some of these jokes well, at least one of them goes well above and beyond what is okay. Uh, for, for the most part, they were simple. Uh, one of them was he made his own armpit powder. Uh, but the big one was the very first one. And he wrote a note said, help, 
being kidnapped and then put it in the window of the bus waiting for other cars to drive by and then as they did he's in the seat out the window help 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 and at first it just seems like an ordinary car this an ordinary driver and then the police siren comes out on top it's like oh no and they his practical joke succeeded and made things quite difficult for bus drivers too and um and then of course we have endless mike uh who it thrives on the prank war uh starting with you know the putting messing with somebody else by encouraging pete to go mess with bill because bill was the one who was had a thing for ellen at least that's what it appeared to be and um uh, because he sat next to her after big pete moved he bill didn't end up being the one who wrote the note but that was what Big Pete thought throughout the episode. So I'm going to go play my pranks on him. And got the cream on his face. And uh, then also Endless Mike said, hey, let's uh, let's toast. Let's have let's have a little little sip of the bubbly, which was like two liters of uh, Wellsville Sprite, uh, Crab Star Sprite or Bubbles or whatever we called it. And uh, of course, Big Pete thinks, oh, let's take a drink. No, they, they opened it up and just dumped it all over the floor, which then goes into one of our other passengers, Della Sump, who has a bladder issue uh, where she's constantly having to stop to go use the restroom, uh, causing the trip to be delayed several, several times. And then once the uh, water or once this, uh, the soda starts to go across the floor and, of course, then the Mike and his horde in the backs making splashing sounds by pounding and kicking their feet. All she does is just yell, Stew! <laughs> and they gotta stop again, uh, which leads to another great quote that we'll get to later. Um, and then we have Wendell. Uh, and uh, Wendell is our resident singer. Uh, he he wants to sing at bar mitzvahs, and uh, for some magical reason, within Wellsville, even though his microphone is not hooked up to any speaker, he has to sing into any microphone, and it instantly his voice is amplified. It's on the bus, it's out in the field, doesn't matter. Happy anniversary to you! Happy anniversary to you! 13 and it's a milestone you are a man today hey you read the torah on your own hey hippie hooray and got a very good voice uh great uh performance presence the dude, dude dude's got skill for sure and uh yes we have ellen uh she plays a big part in this episode she very much is the jiminy cricket of the episode uh trying to pull big pete out of his get get his foot out of his mouth but even she has uh, a moment when she's done being the conscience and she's just now on defense mode of if you're just going to act this way then why are we friends which is a real conversation that kids have had uh, especially adolescent teenagers and uh, kids who they've got some things in common and some things they don't and they don't know how to come to an agreement or carry on a typical conversation and be mature enough on how to handle differences 
uh, in their conversations. So once they got to that moment, she was, no, we're, we're done. If you're not, if you're not going to knock this off. And he was very much in the same boat. And, uh, our final one is Mark Twib because everyone would twib or flick his ears uh, because Mark had some very flickable ears, uh, even set a record for one flick would get his ears to twib 79 times in a row. And uh, that thing was a motor, just going back and forth very quickly. And he was the one that uh, had been victim of having his ears flicked constantly. And we had one of those on my bus, too. And uh, everyone, unfortunately, including myself, got in on that. And uh, much like Big Pete, I felt awful afterwards. But because uh, he was a good kid. And uh, but Twib, uh, Mark, once he got his ear flicked by Big Pete, his first reaction was you. And uh, that's when he was like, ah, crap, I messed mm. up. And uh, but everyone, every one of these characters just kept adding to the chaos with their particular stories of what they were wanting to achieve throughout the whole thing. It, it wasn't just a name. They had full fledged personalities that they were able to utilize in full swing within the story that this episode presented. So there is our, our passengers. Love it. Alex, you, you're talking about. Um the uh, uh bill's prank which got him pulled over and then i was i was talking I, we might not have started recording yet but i was talking about a, a a scene in particular um that man it's shot so perfectly the camera <laughs> angles so that like if you're not looking you you barely miss the uh sobriety test yes they're giving bus drivers <laughs> to no way um, put a crawler there <laughs> Uh, yeah, they had they had him doing a, a wheelbarrow. <laughs> that's, that's that's what was in the background. Yeah. One of the other police officers had him by the ankles and he's walking with his hands. Yeah. 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 It's and great. it's all in the background. It's all in the background through the window, uh, while the main conversation between Ellen and Big Pete is taking place. I know he's not technically a bus rider of Wellsville. I mean parts of him are, but you can also include the scarecrow. Uh, Mr. Farmer, extremely unhelpful. Right. And like when you said things that happened in the background of the window while we're having this conversation with the characters, I always go to that moment where um, bus driver Stu and the scarecrow are like having this exchange in the field. And then it just gets rapidly more violent where he starts like stabbing him with the pitchfork and like throwing him around like a rag doll. And then, of course, we see the result of that when he gets back on the bus covered in straw and the That's pitchfork right. in hand. And it's like, Everything's okay. Let's let's get this bus going again, <laughs> and then throws it off off the bus <laughs> so nonchalantly. It's I, I love brilliant moments like that. I, I don't even care if this isn't the episode I'm defending. It's I have to point that out for all our slamsters who are not as Pete, Pete savvy as we are. It's it's a good episode. They're both great episodes. They yeah. really are. This yeah. this is another one of those. This is going to be a really really tough battle. I do not envy Carl uh, because they are both very very good. Yeah, I mean, I, I put my episode ratings in the notes, and if either of you have seen that, you know that we we got quite the battle on our hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's let's uh, hear from you, Brett. Let's hear about those fellow bus riders of Wellsville. Sure. Well, I, I don't think there's as many uh, highlight 
passengers as say yellow fever i mean the bus is full in both situations but i think mm -hmm. there's more of a focus with uh big pete and bus driver student penelope garuto here which don't yep. get me wrong are important but we also have little pete this time around along with wayne pardue monica hurley and just a bunch of other extras to fill the space um, which isn't to say that quantity versus quality is necessarily like a good or a bad thing. It's just a different type of approach to similar scenes. Um, I, I particularly love the moments where when when uh, Big Pete's trying to win the favor of everyone in order to pass his substitute bus driver exam and you know, he goes to extreme lengths to help other other passengers. Like I remember him handing out like pre-moistened hot towels for everyone. You know, he's he's given like cooked sirloin steaks to all the passengers. He even like <laughs> even gives like a, a haircut and mutton chop trim to Wayne. And he's like, I can't believe it. It's pure humperdinck. Like who thinks of that stuff? It's 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 like that Teddy moment with the sandwich bites. You, it's not something you really think about until you take it all in, and I I love it. Yep. Even the salad with Penelope Gruda in the in the whole like uh, leaf blower blasting it into the bowl. It's it, it, it's fun. Um, I I don't think Endless Mike or Pit Sane are around this time around, which is unfortunate, but that's okay because. Even if they're not there, it doesn't detract from the story. Um, you know, it's very similar to Splashdown, where uh, you, you got depth for, versus breadth, except this time the roles are reversed. Yellow Fever has more characters in Wellsville to talk about than Das Bus. Uh, but I think, I, I don't think uh, one approach is necessarily better than the other. It's just a matter of like who, who you connect with. Uh, who's on the bus, whether it's like Wendell High, Della Sump, or Little Pete and Pals. All right. Um, fourth category, use of bus driver, stew, and the school theme. All right. So this one is going to be very different uh, because uh, for DOS Bus, we get to see a side of stew that we've never got to see before. But uh, for Yellow Fever, we got to flesh out a lot more that we've seen previously. So it's... It, it, very, very different uh, use of stew, but stew—he's <laughs> very much a boiling pot throughout this episode. Uh, you get to see him very happy uh, at the very beginning. I mean, he's just peaceful, and then you see the heartbreak, and he's trying to keep that at bay while he's doing his job of taking care of these kids. <laughs> and he's so smooth with his insults uh, at, at first at first he's smooth with his insults because it's very much ah yes a Wendell is singing in the background and then ladies and gentlemen our own Wendell High you can catch his act all next week in detention <laughs> but he slowly goes off the handle more and more and uh, tries to not let it blow up in front of the kids. Uh, again, case in point, the uh, the scarecrow, and um, and first it's just minor inconveniences with all the the passengers on the bus that are just being a nuisance, and then the police come into play, and that's been a big blow to his ego. And he was, no, I'm I'm a bus driver, and then does the sobriety test and gets into an argument with them because he part of the sobriety test is. Having to use tennis balls and a racket to knock down a, a tower of donuts. 
and uh, <laughs> gets into an argument with the police officers about that, and um, and then finally, and then having to pull over again because Della has to use the restroom again, and now he's starting to get angry with the uh, with the kids, and he's no longer able to control that facade. It's beginning to crack, and. Um, uh, I've got to bring it up here. Uh, I can't wait till the quotes because it's it, it's it because again this is, further proves that he's losing his his control uh, because he's he, he goes full streetcar named Desire. Della! Della! I can't go with everyone thinking about me. Nobody think about Della. You. You're thinking about her. You disgust me. And he's he's had it. He can't hold it anymore. And now it's just that anger, that angry stare that everyone gets whenever. I mean, this that don't mess with me. If you mess with me, we're done. Uh, you are not gonna like what happens. Just shut up. Uh, you can just see it. He doesn't say anything, but it's got that don't mess with me stare. And that's when the song comes out. And that's when you're waiting, like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. He is going to flip his lid. And it's very much Silence of the Lambs moment, in my opinion. Because you have, just think of that scene whenever uh, Clary Starling first sees Hannibal Lecter. Uh, it's that creepy down the hallway thing, and you see one crazy person, and then a second crazy person who's even worse. And then we get to Hannibal Lecter. He's so calm. And he's so peaceful. And he's and he's not. It's even more disturbing. And that's what happens with this. Uh, because he's about to boil over and then calm and happy. And this is not good. This is not good. Stu, uh-uh. Quit, 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 quit. And, um... Then to see him just unhinged in the back of having the time of his life, and because he is now gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, <laughs> now everyone is in danger because no one knows how to drive a bus, and uh, it, <laughs> he's he is gone. Fruit Loops for sure. And uh, finally, they again, as said earlier, they pull him back out through playing hokey pokey, and then he's realized. I need to be doing my job and quickly. I mean, he jumps in as soon as he realizes what's happened. He goes full swing and goes to stop the bus. And um, I mean, we—it's just—it's Stu is just used as a boiling point throughout the whole thing. And uh, for use of uh, school, uh, it's not an everyday occurrence like what you would get for you know just riding the bus to and from school. Uh, this is pure field trip, and moments like those are often ones that people, uh, kids, remember the most because they, they remember the whole thing. And a lot of times they remember the conversations that they had on school buses with the, next to the person uh, that they were sitting with. So it's uh, it's just one aspect of school uh, that's really utilized. But uh, you get to see Stu throughout the entire thing completely lose his uh, composure throughout. All right. Brett, you're up. Alrighty. 
Well, I feel like Das Bus is the, the unofficial sequel to Yellow Fever because we get mm. to see even more character development for Bus Driver Stu here. I mean, not only do we get to see him in that previous episode um, outside of like the main Wellsville area because they're going on a field trip to God knows where. In, in this case, it's like the Dairy Museum. Um, but we, we, we get to see more of his background of the life of a bus driver rather than just the bus driver itself or like a bus driver put in a very wacky, surreal situation. So we, we come to really appreciate Bus Driver Stu's character at this point, and I think it comes to a head in, in the series of, after we've had Stu sprinkled throughout the Pete and Pete series, starting with, I believe, you know, Day of the Dot, Range Boy, and then, you know, various other iterations and instances here, Sick Day as well. So um, it, it's really nice to see that background and like how he goes through his day before he gets to school and comes home from school at the bus depot where we get to see, you know, some things like the bus driver underpants, which apparently is just a pair of rainbow suspenders and like these really big baggy white Ron Johns. Like who would have thought about that? And, you know, people taking donut breaks with Krebin donuts. Uh, in the locker room, you know, learning how to work the water cooler with hot, cool, and warm uh, at the same time. Uh, you know, of course, there's like mechanics there as well and just some background stuff in the dispatch room. And it really makes you appreciate more of what goes on day to day of a bus driver's life than just show up and picking up kids because most people don't think about that, let alone students. Uh, so I, I like that adding the background foundation for Stu's character in that regard here. Um, aside from that, I think he's just as strong in Das Bus as he is in Yellow Fever, to be honest. Maybe, maybe he's not put in a situation where taking a bunch of kids on a field trip pushes him over the edge, but this is a little bit more personal because he takes a character under his wing, you know, Big Pete in this case, one of the main characters of the show, and he's immediately betrayed once he gains that trust and establishes that bond with him, thinking that he's going to be his protege uh, for when he leaves the bus depot, whenever that is. And to feel that, like, really get him in the gut, it's a et tu brute moment, where, or like a Judas moment, as we're going to mention in the quotes. Uh, it, it just hurts so bad that that just turns on a light switch, breaks breaks something in his head he snaps and just goes full force crazy in this and i'm not trying to glorify mental mental illness in any way because this was made at a different time but i just want to preface that for the sake of Stu's character it, within the realm of pete and pete and regardless of reality i think stewis is best when he's wild and crazy yes and to to touch on that the thing that makes Pete and Pete so special, one of the many things that makes Pete and Pete so special, is the kids usually are the same ones mm -hmm. uh, because it's coming from the perspective of kids, and the adults are over the top personifications of a character. Uh, which is why you have characters like Artie and Stu and uh, Mr. Tasty. I mean, they're all over the top, big, blown, crazy characters uh the kids are usually the ones who are, i mean i mean you have adam west as the principal it, you've got crazy characters the adults are the insane ones the kids are the quote-unquote sane ones but again it's a kid show coming from their perspective seeing how adulthood is insane 
you could even say it's taking a, a note from the Rugrats playbook because we see life from their perspective as well. You know, the baby's looking at the adults and not really sure why they're doing all these strange things. Here it's just like, you know, somewhere in the middle, elementary school, middle school, even a little bit of high school, looking at adults and the rest of the world versus babies and their parents. Uh, which, which I like that dichotomy. I think it's important to see things through different perspectives to better understand them. Yeah. Um, other than what I've mentioned before and what Alex has touched upon, I think there's a lot of great moments here that parallel, if not, uh, I would say slightly exceed uh, versus, you know, Das Bus, where I, I feel like Stu's, like, anger and just, I, I don't even know what to call it, his... his passion sure let's go with that passion off the rail persona <laughs> it constantly surprises you you don't know what you're gonna get if you say the wrong thing like it could be you know pete saying hey let's let's back this puppy up and go to the lake and make out or you know if you're happy and you know it you don't know what you're gonna get Stu is like an enigma to most people uh beyond that like soft smiley friendly veneer that he's used to showing to all the kids just to maintain his composure and get through the day. Uh, so I, I think any instance where Stu gets the spotlight is is a phenomenal moment where this character gets the shine. Even in the Saturday episode where he was just part of a vignette to close up season three and the series, his his rivalry with the, with the light that just wouldn't turn green for him, you really get to see like different depths of his character just wrestling with the resistance and wanting to break the rules, but you have all these things getting in the way. And it, in this instance, it's just more personal because of what Big Pete does to to break his trust and somehow mend it by the end, which, you know, you feel like you want to love the guy and give him a hug by the end of both episodes, to be honest. It's just a matter of, well, how, how are you going to handle interacting with him when you actually get the chance to interact with him? So overall, I'd say Stu here is better than ever, stronger than ever, just as good as Yellow Fever, if not maybe a notch more because of the, the foundation we get to see with him working at the bus depot and also wrestling with a main character directly. You guys are making this so hard on me. <laughs> That's why you're the judge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, that, that brings us to our last category, I think, right? Quotes, most memorable quotes. And that this, yeah, this is, I think this is going to be the, probably the most difficult category. There's so many, so many good quotes from both. Uh, well, for Yellow Fever, uh, I'm not going to do a whole lot of preface, uh, just give a basic what's needed so we can just blow through them. Um, but uh, one of them uh, we have the when they're about to start the, uh, the trip. I am your captain, driver Stu Benedict. Our, Our traveling, traveling time will be approximately 60 minutes. minutes. We will be cruising at a speed of 55 miles an hour, moving swiftly away from the twisted wreckage of my shattered life. Also, as Brett pointed out earlier, when he saw the the uh, scarecrow, who from the bus thought it was a farmer and is trying to call to him through the CB of the or the the radio, goes outside and just sees that it's a <laughs> right before he realizes that it's a uh, a scarecrow. Excuse me. Farmer, extremely unhelpful, but your straw 
and uh, one of Big Pete's uh, monologues to the audience. In school, you see the same people every day. Nothing changes. But on a long bus ride, people reveal parts of themselves no one was meant to see. Uh, which could also be phrasing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, back to Stu. Quite a few of these are Stu. Uh, but he... After he gets back on the bus, after the sobriety test, gets back on the radio and tells all the passengers in the back. This is your driver, Stu, with an update on our new onboard regulations. Passengers will refrain from killing my soul. If you're happy and you know it, stamp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, stamp your feet. If you're happy and you know it to show it if you're happy and you know it stamp your feet it's it's synonymous with the episode you can't you, you can't yeah uh one of pete's zingers which i thought was fun was and who died and made you bus sheriff <laughs> another stew zinger was it if you have any further questions please don't hesitate not to ask them and uh then the whole one i did earlier della della you can't go when you're thinking about me but uh, the last one was Endless Mike, which uh, was one that Brett had mentioned earlier. But the whole time, Endless Mike was really enjoying the corruption of Big Pete. And then once his conscience got the best of him and started to come clean, and no, I did that, I did that, Endless Mike is, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, dude, you're going to get away with this. And then once he says, I did it. We have the quote from in the spike. Once a dink, always a dink. You're out of my gang. And of course, I was thinking, very expensive. But that's it for my quotes. Cool. Brett, bring us home. All righty. Well, uh, cruising along at a speed of 60 miles per hour. Obviously, that's a yellow fever one, but I got a, I got a whole busload for you if you want to take them in. Uh, obviously this is my personal favorite quote that I've hinted at several times in this episode, but it's, it's that very moment when Stu snaps and he just massacres that cake, um, and realizes he wants to get back at Pete for breaking his trust. And he says, Carrot top Judas, thou hast forsaken me! It's, I love it. I just... Brilliant, beautiful, perfectly timed. Yeah, and then this one that we get at the beginning with the Wellsville Career Fair when he's talking to Pete, trying to convince him, uh, you know, to join the magical world of bus driving. Um, he's like, "Oh, we're kidding! No one wants to be a bus driver when they could be a bear." And of course, I, I mentioned before when I was talking more about the bus depot. Um, this, this is a stew quote. He says, The water cooler. Red is for hot. Blue is for cold. Push them together. Warm. And he's doing this while, like, his face is distorted in the water jug uh, while instructing Big Pete what's going on here. It's... I, I just love the visuals with the with the timing of these lines. Like Damien Young is a genius, and I I I would love to see Bus Driver Stu make a comeback in some way, shape, or form in in the '90s nostalgia verse. I just I need to say that and get it off my chest because I love his performance every single time he's in Pete and Pete. That uh, quote, the uh, the red and the blue, and then mix them together. Th- the cadence for that is so similar. 
to the shop teacher when he's talking about the air conditioner unit. This isn't just an air conditioner. Look, it has three settings. Low, medium, and over here we have high. Let's see. Oh, yeah. This one's a pretty short one that could be easily overlooked, but I just love his expression when he's talking to Ellen, when he's like baking the cake on the engine in front of his bus and he moves the hood and it's there. And he's like, call it a cake. You know, like he, he's proud that he did it this way instead of the normal way, which is using an oven. Go figure. Um, but we also got like this from uh, both Little P and Wayne Pardue where they're like, must destroy substitute and they're just holding themselves back so hard from like throwing stuff at them it, it, it's i mean i'm sure it's relatable for any kid who can't stand substitutes and then of course you got wayne's wayne's bit about the haircut where he has those massive mutton chops and he's looking at that uh portrait on the window where he says geez louise it's total humperdinck like something Pete and Pete does really well is they take weird sounding words and they provide some sort of like gracefulness to saying them, whether it's like, um, you know, last names of particular adult characters or just whenever Big Pete narrates and he, he like has to insert like an adjective in that sounds really strange. Um, I'll mention one of these in a moment. Uh, actually, it's, it's this one in particular where it ties to Little Pete's uh, insults that he's very well known for and this is Big Pete like talking about in a, in a narration he says maybe I was a fudge sucker but I was a fast one and obviously that sounds a little strange and dirty without context but in the context of the episode he's saying that in response to little Pete calling him one because he threw all the kids off the bus in record time so that he can have alone time uh, with Penelope and P Little Pete calls him this after he gets kicked off and literally thrown from the bus. Uh, thankfully, not under the bus. <laughs> and uh, that's it, something that Pete and Pete always does. They always try yeah. to find those insults that sound dirty, but they're not. Not quite. Not quite. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just one more instance where Little Pete gets to drive one home as he's known as being the king of insults on the show. So it's good that they snuck at least one of those in for this episode. Um and then this one also is from Bus Driver Stu. Uh, he mentions in a very sentimental, you know, monologue as he's talking about Pete being a, his protege for the substitute bus driver. One day, old, crippled, lying in a ditch. I'll look up as you drive by and I'll say, I knew him when. I, I could just see the picture of that happening in my mind so clearly. And that's just the sign of a great quote there. Um, you know, bus driver Stu's rotting corpse rising from the grave just to wave to Big Pete as he's waving back and honking. <laughs> like, beautiful. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, last but not least, as we reference the, the break room moment where they're having Kreb and Donuts, uh, Pete and bus driver Stu, he says to him at the very end, I've always hated donuts. <laughs> but I like you. <laughs> I, I thought there was a very charming, sweet quote to, to finish the episode with, or at least one of the few. The thing I like best about that quote is I don't know if this was scripted or if this was one of those moments where you see the actor breaking character for a moment, but Big Pete is chuckling throughout that entire line. I've always hated donuts, 
but I like you. <laughs> so I don't know if that was a, a character choice or if that's just him trying not to laugh, genuinely. It, it could be him trying not to laugh because it definitely, it definitely feels like he should be like more serious or at least like smiling, uh, yeah. having a buddy buddy moment. Yeah. But I, I do want to add one more quote to yours. Okay. Uh, because you've gone to bat on for uh, yellow fever a couple times, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go to bat for one of these because appreciate it. it. Th this was my <laughs> my favorite one, and it was it was two characters. Um, oh, I forgot I, to mention one, but maybe you'll go, mention it now. No, go ahead because mine's different. So go uh, okay, ahead. yeah. I, as I mentioned before, when Pete's being uh, a slacker uh, and just failing all of his you know marks on his substitute bus driver exam. It has something to do with Stu uh, re reacting to Big Pete, Pete's performance, and Big Pete's like, Is it me? Or am I getting the hang of this? Pete, I really don't know how to say this. Well, actually, I do. You're fired! Well, Stu, that was some ride. Passenger Penelope, I speak for the entire Wellsville Busing and Transit Authority when I say, He's fired! Like he's shouting Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yes. But the, the other one that I was thinking was when he, he's giving P Big Pete the tour through the bus station and then comes up to... And this is the radio. Two-Niner, this is Central. Let me have your 20. Come on. Stu, put it down or I'll punch your head in. 10-4, over. They love me. Yeah, I'm sure you guys at home, you Slimesters, can find even more quotes if you comb through this with a fine-tooth comb. But these are just a small... Uh, assortment of the highlights that we've dug up for this yeah, episode. They're, they both got some great moments. Well, oh, I, think, stuff. I think that'll do it for our episode battle. I mean, Alex and I have exhausted all of our weaponry and our infantry, so I think you're going to have to uh, make the tough decision for all of us on behalf of the Pete and Pete fan fandom uh, to, to determine who's the winner or if they're equally matched. There's more Pete and Pete coming up after this. It's Halloween. Frightening rumors have reached the rug. Someone or something is making trouble. What could be lurking behind the Nicktoon shadows? A monster. A monster? A monster. And I think it's after us. What's really in the garage? You know, a monster. Find out in a special Halloween Rugrats tomorrow on Nickelodeon. Hello? Maybe they're closed. Welcome to Horrorland! You could laugh and scream and get scared to death on rides and step up on junk food and ditch your parents. Stay off the guillotine ride! Sharp turns! No talking. Who are you? I run this place, I do. And he's in there, all right. Just wait. Pick the right door and you go free. Pick the wrong door. There he'll be. Sign up today on Patreon to get your ticket to ride for our Are You Afraid of the Dark vs. Goosebumps episode of Laughing in the Dark vs. One Day at Horrorland. Isn't she terrific? And now, back to Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon. So, uh, first category, story. Um, 
I, I like each one of these I went back and forth on. I would write, you know, put a tick mark under that that column and then erase it and go back. And so but ultimately, I'm really glad you said we could have draws here because I gave <laughs> I gave each one a point for story. Um, others, oh, they're both so good. They're both so good. Um, the and the reason and I think I used this reasoning on a couple categories, but the reason I had to give both a point for story was because I growing up yellow fever resonated more with me uh, as an, it wasn't until I revisited Das Bus as an adult that I even like remembered it. I remembered yellow fever watching yellow fever as a kid. I never remembered Das Bus, but now as an adult, when I revisit that, that episode is the one that I like more. Um, and I'm sure it has to do with growing up, having a career, you know, being devoted to your career. Also um, not having the season three DVDs released. Looking at you, Paramount. Oh, man. So, yeah, story. Story was a draw. Each each episode got a point for story. Um, main characters. This the, God, They're all hard ones. Um, when it came to main characters, I... Um, it, for Das Bus, it, the the performances were great but there was less characters there was less going on to choose from so i had to give that one to yellow fever um it seemed like all of the characters in yellow fever contributed to the story somehow and um and that's why i had to give give uh, main characters to um yellow fever the the way that big pete interacted with you know the rest of the characters in the story um so Category three, uh, fellow bus riders of Wellsville. This one kind of went along with the last one um, in that the, I gave this one to Yellow Fever too. Um, every, all everybody's, uh, Brett, I think it was you mentioned, everybody has like their own personality. And um, in Yellow Fever, all of those personalities drove the story. Um, and again, it happens really well in DOS Bus too. Uh, except there's just more of it. Um, I I was really close, really close to giving uh, this category a draw as well, because it's got little Pete in it, and the uh, the perfect Pete and Pete episode is one where there's a big Pete storyline and a little Pete storyline. Um, those to me are always the best ones. So, and I really loved that interaction and trying to break Big Peep. Um, but ultimately I, I had to give it to Yellow Fever. Um, let's see, category four, uh, use of bus driver stew and the school theme. Um, so this one, I, I gave a, a draw as well. Uh, so each episode had to give a point. Um, the uh, Yellow Fever, was stronger in the school theme um i mean like the opening scenes are them in a classroom everybody remembers what it felt like going on a, a bus trip and preparing for it and that excitement that went along with it um but das bus it was was really a stew centered um episode where yellow fever is like big pete centered um das bus Still big Pete centered, but very heavily Stu 
the bus driver centered as well. So I had to give that one a draw. Point to each one. Sure. Um, and then lastly, uh, most memorable quotes. Though Yellow Fever had some great quotes, it doesn't get much better than Carrot Top Judas, thou hast yes. forsaken me. <laughs> yes. It does, I, when, I, when I revisited this episode for the first time after having not seen it for years, um, I remember just cracking up at that. And that's that's something, you know, eight-year-old Carl wouldn't have caught or wouldn't have thought was very funny. But, you know, 34-year-old Carl that just thinks it's hysterical. So I got to give that one to Das Bus. So all totaled, I mean, it was really close. Um, but it looks like Yellow Fever just uh, has that edge over Das Bus with uh, four points. And Das Bus ended up with three so yellow fever is the winner well done brett well done well done yeah you guys you guys made it hard it was hard yeah that that's the goal although Considering that Alex is two for two with these episode battles, I'm wondering if I should pick an earlier episode since both of the ones I picked were from season three. And by extension, many people aren't as familiar or as nostalgic over season three because, again, the DVDs weren't available. Yeah. So I'm going to put this out there for everyone who is uh, watching and listening, and I'm going to put the links in the description, but... This was brought up very similarly in our Roundhouse Reunion episode uh, about how the there's no DVD, there's no streaming service, anything for Roundhouse. Same can be said for Pete and Pete to a degree. Yes, there is the, uh, as Brett has shown, there is the first two seasons. Season three is not, you still cannot find them on streaming service or Paramount Plus. Uh, so what we've ended up doing is uh over in the roundhouse group somebody shared a uh the the contact us for paramount plus uh because viacom and paramount their main website is paramount plus and you can go over there you can wish for uh content uh feedback and uh general inquiry and things like that so i'll put the link here go over there and send them emails uh, I'm not going to lie. I have been emailing them uh, through three different email accounts every day since the release of our Roundhouse episode asking for Roundhouse. Uh, you can also do the same over on Nickelodeon uh, because they have a contact us there uh, also. And they also have a segment where you can request things. And uh, yes, I get emails back from them usually general uh automated and some and then somebody will come back and say well through a bunch of and i'm not making this up boring legal reasons we don't have the rights to everything just yet like yeah uh, sure you do you've got them i know you do you just don't want to go through all the work right now so uh if they know that there is an interest from enough 90s nick fans then if we make enough noise, then they may see the interest or, or have the motivation to want to go through that extra mile to give us the things that we are asking for. So I'll put the links for both of those down in the description. Go there, not once, and but spread it 
like herpes. Uh, get get it out to everybody uh, that you know who is a '90s Nick fan who is missing season three of Pete and Pete on DVD, and also this prefers the social media, not the, the the streaming service. So hopefully they'll make enough noise that they'll go the extra mile for us so we can watch in full HD uh, what we well as much HD as you can get through conversion of something that was made in the 90s but uh, let's sitting around wishing isn't going to help we're, we're going to have to do something yeah we get, we get this is a real uh, David versus Goliath situation here where Nickelodeon, Viacom, whoever holds the rights to these shows that we so desperately want to watch again um they're not really going to pay attention to us unless we make some noise. So it's really, really imperative that all of us actually band together instead of trying to do it on our own. Because one person on their own, yeah, maybe they'll like catch their attention briefly, but they'll just flick you off like a fly buzzing around you. It's when we come together as a community, there's strength in numbers, and that's when we can topple them and at least get their attention and be like, okay, well, maybe we don't actually need five different iterations of SpongeBob saturating our channel right now. Maybe we should actually serve the 90s nostalgic millennial community who actually cares about and puts their passion into these old shows that are just left locked up in the vault. So, you know, the only way it's going to make it hap happen is if we come together under unified purpose, take action, and just be as unrelenting as possible until they let up. That's the only way it's going to work. So, uh, well, that was that was a great trip to school on our field trip and uh, checking out career day, guys. Um, you know, before we get to our segments, uh, well, we conclude that Alex is the winner. So once again, congratulations. Both episodes are amazing. Check them out if you haven't already, Slimesters, and yes. you know, engaging the conversation in the Pete and Pete community so that we can keep these episodes alive. And yes, they are both on YouTube, as uh, Carl pointed out earlier. So you can at least watch it there. I believe you can find the whole series on YouTube still at some form. For now. For now. For now. So with all that be being said, and now that we're off the bus, what do we want to give each of these episodes for ratings? Uh, the Splat Attack way. Let's start with Yellow Fever. Even even though Yellow Fever won over Dos Bus, um, I, I have to they're both gonna get triple s's for me um they're both top tier pete and pete episodes lots of great memories lots of great quotes um yeah uh, even you know the writing the writing on both episodes is great the jokes are hilarious you don't i'm, I'm gonna sound like an old man here but you don't get jokes like that on kids tv these days no um and that's you know a lot of that is the money that's involved you, you have to play it safe um but yeah the both both these episodes are top tier pete and pete uh to me and and so yeah both of them i'm, I'm gonna rate triple s's here awesome yes and uh for me i'm gonna echo that sentiment because i also give them triple s's like this is peak bus driver stew this may even be peak pete and pete save for a few other episodes uh, depending on your preferences, but this is both of these episodes have everything you want uh, from a slice of life adventure out of Wellsville. You got the crazy field trip, and you got the you got the crazy journey of career day essentially for Big Pete and everyone involved. Oh shoot, that reminds me, we forgot to talk about Ellen because she was kind of there too in Das Bus, but oh well, she was busy vending. Um, <laughs> uh, both are both great. Both are extremely well rounded episodes that pull no punches in their own unique way and 
to give them any lower rating would be a disservice to the brilliant performances of not just Damien Young, but also Michael Morona, Danny Tamborelli, and the supporting cast. So, triple S for me, too. And my ranking of uh, both of them is... um... Well, to be to be honest, I'm not really all that impressed that we don't have more perfect episodes. So I'm uh, I am also giving yes of these <laughs> USA USA we're number one. So we all right. I think, I think we just doubled uh, the um, the shows in our Mount Olympus. Woo! Oh, I'm so glad we got to cover these. And just for you slimesters out there who are who are being sticks in the buds, no, we do not give out splatceptionals like candy. I assure you, we no. just happen to have a schedule that happens to have, you know, stellar episodes in our lineup, and we love doing that because we're very passionate about these episodes. I'm sure at some point we'll pick a few that like get CDs and even Fs more often. Or we'll do like a new format where it's like best worst where we do top three compared to bottom three of a particular series. But for now, we just have to highlight some of the main episodes that we love so dearly that need more attention from all you Slimesters. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I mean, if we're going to talk about something, we're going to talk about things that we like. Yeah. Yeah. Unless we get an overwhelming fan request for like Ren and Stimpy's A Visit to Anthony or like... (laughs) Something from Rugrats that makes me gag that involves Dill and Kimmy. Alright, shall we go into our Think Fast to Make the Grade? Yes indeed. Let's uh let's see who's got the the Pete and Pete know how to ace this test. Roll the jingle. Time to think fast to make the grade. All right, so for think fast to make the grade, you know how this game works if you've been a longtime fan of Splat Attack, and if you're not a fan, what the hell's wrong with you? Get on that. (laughs) Check out our backlog um, and get with the program because this is one of our patented segments that we feature along with a slew of others that keep you entertained uh, once the main chunk of meat of the episode has been done with and digested. So essentially this is a trivia round where we have a series of questions based on the episodes that we cover and it starts off with like small relatively easy questions for like one point and then it graduates to like something a little bit more difficult with two points and then finally with three points and now because we're amping everything up in season three of Splat Attack we have a bonus question at the end where it's a variable amount of points where essentially it's a lightning round and you're just gonna have to name as many of some that I request uh, to really, you know, come back from, you know, behind if you happen to be behind your points. Or it, it, basically, I added it to make things more interesting, um, and more tension building. So, hope you guys enjoyed this uh, Pete and Pete edition of Think Fast to Make the Grade. Let's begin. And you can either raise your hand, buzz, throw an apple at me. I don't really care as long as I know that you're the one who buzzed in first with the correct answer. So let me let me get out my composition book to grade you both, and uh, we shall we be, be is that is that Harriet's journal? Yeah, I stole it from uh, Michelle Trachtenberg while she wasn't looking uh, when we were on the yellow fever. So question one, this is for one point. 
Who is Big Pete's love interest in Das Plus? We we need first and last name. Yes. Oh, that's the first. Yeah, that's all I got too. <laughs> go, go ahead, Carl. Half uh, a point. <laughs> Penelope. Yes. And her last name starts with a D, and I think it's Italian, but I don't I don't remember it. You sure? Yeah. Uh, all, all all I've got is Penelope as well. Okay. I'll but give... I do agree. I do agree. It is an Italian sounding name. Yep. Uh, so 0.5 for each of you for getting the first name. The full name is Penelope Gerudo. And there's two reasons why I remember that. One, Pete does this whole narration thing to the audience where he's like, if you can rearrange the the letters yeah. in her name, you get like pure and glee out of it. You know, some anagram thing. And then second, <laughs> for anyone who's watched Digimon in the late 90s, early 2000s, Gerudo sounds a lot like Gerudamon, which is like that ultimate level <laughs> Native American Eagle thing that Sora has. but. You know, that's just me geeking out. Uh, question, so point 0.5 for each of you so far. Uh, question two. What is the name of the kid whose ear keeps wiggling when you flick it? One point. Full name. Oh, oh I, think, Alex, I think you beat me, Alex. Alex got in just before yep. Carl. Uh, Mark Twib. That is correct. Um, side tangent, do you of you think, or do you of you listen to uh, Foster the People, that band? I've just uh, what you know their radio hits. That's all I've heard. Gotcha. Because uh, if you put a picture of Mark Foster, the lead singer of that band, next to Mark Twib, and put glasses on him, they look very similar. And it makes me wonder if that was him as a kid. Probably not, but it's one of those stray observations that I couldn't help but ponder. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah put th put that in the edit. <laughs> uh, okay. So right now, Alex has one and a half. Carl has a half. Still anyone's game. And we're going to bump it up another level with question three, which is worth two points. Uh, so question three. Where do the students of Wellsville go for their field trip? Be specific. This is a yellow fever question, by the way. You five got seconds. me then, Carl? Uh, I got seconds. crickets on my five, end. Five seconds. Was it like a dairy farm or something like that? Uh, I'll give it to you. So you're going to get a... Uh, two points for that. That is the Glurp County Milk Museum. That's right, Milk Museum. Yeah, <laughs> one, one of those fun Will McRob words. Milk <laughs> not not gulp, not slurp, but. Glurp. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so question number four for two points. Uh, what are three words engraved on the bus pin Stu awards Big Pete for completing his training? Alex. Trust! <laughs> Loyalty! Niceness! <laughs> that is correct for two points. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. Okay, so Alex got that one. That was two points. Uh, so question five for three points. Now it's interesting. Name the bus driver who Stu keeps falling in love with and breaking up with the actress who plays her, and the first Pete and Pete episode she appeared on screen with Stu. You get one point per correct answer of this question. I've only got one of those three. Carl, what do you got? That, I, Both of you can attempt. Yeah, I, I don't. The only one I have is, I think the first episode she appeared in was Day of the Dot. Mm, uh, that was what I was but I don't. But I don't have her name. I don't have the character's name either. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you uh, one point each for that one. 
And the answer is, uh, it's bus driver Sally Knorks. Sally Knorks. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Played by Ellen Claghorn of 90s SNL fame, for those who remember. And no way. She... I that, oh, that's that's wild. I, it was it's one of those things where like she's always looked familiar. And yes. then as soon as yeah, you she, said that, she... it's like, oh yeah. Personally, I think she's the the adult version of Angelique Bates. They have a very similar looking face. Mm, see that? Uh, yeah. From all that, yeah. And I I saw her a lot on SNL when I used to watch it with my dad. So it. it just came to mind when I saw these Pete and Pete episodes around the same time. Uh, and of course you got Day of the Dot, which was season one, episode two, if you're excluding the specials. And yeah, so point for both of you. <laughs> All right, it's gonna come down to the lightning round here. We gotta break Alex's streak somehow, cause he's he's on a hot streak for a <laughs> Think fast to make the great segments we've been doing lately. Okay, Th this one's really gonna test your knowledge for anyone who has an eagle eye when it comes to detail uh, for Pete and Pete. This is for as many points as you can get correct. And you can just shout them out or take turns. I don't I don't really care how you approach it. This we're in lightning round mode, so get some thunder and lightning behind me, Alex, to make it more ominous. Uh, name as many of the criteria Stu grades Big Pete for his substitute bus driver exam. They do show on screen a few times, and you get one point per correct answer for a maximum of nine points. So this is anyone's oh, game, depending man. on how you can do it. And I will not confirm how many points you got until both of you have tried. You got anything, Carl? I'm gonna I'm gonna end this this question pointless. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Th think of things that you would grade bus driver Stu on. I mean, uh, bus driver Pete. What was um um? Oh gosh. Politeness was that one of them? That, uh, nope. There was a P one, though. Not on time, but... Yeah, I, I had that one. Go for it, Alex. Uh, I don't remember many of them. I only remember really three, because the 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 Fs... From, from the moment when he transitioned from the Fs to the A is really what I started to notice. Uh, but order was one of them. And uh, mm -hmm. promptness because he was, you better have a good reason for not being yeah. here, and uh, and then courtesy whenever he started making all the the hot towels and things like that, and he started changing the grade at that point. Those are the only three I've got. I, I don't remember the rest. Carl, do you want to take a stab at it? Um, can I get extra credit if I have a Think Fast contestant T-shirt? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think that's about all that's going to get me to win at this point. You, is that you, uh, is, you is playing that bribery? The, yeah, you playing the teacher's <laughs> pet card here? <laughs> quick, quick. Um, what episode did we cover Think Fast in of Splat Attack? See, I didn't even think of that one. 28? You were so good at the numbers. It wasn't that long ago, was it? No, it wasn't that long ago. That was, the, that was our season two finale. Yeah, before the overview. Yeah. 28, 28 was Roundhouse. See, my, my own show, and I don't even remember what the numbers were. <laughs> Slimesters, do you know? Let us know at splatattack2021 <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> well, I, since there's crickets here and we just need to move things along and uh, clear this thunderstorm lightning round, I'm going to go through the order and answer that bonus question. So, 
what we have that I noticed uh, that Stu was grading Big Pete on for his substitute bus driver exam were order, promptness, courtesy, passenger relations, passenger health, hygiene, navigation, traffic etiquette, and maintenance. And you really had to be paying attention to get all those. So I don't blame yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. if you didn't get them all, but kudos that you at least got three. And for those who are paying attention to the backlog of Splat Attack Podcast, we covered Think Fast in our Forgotten Nick Game Shows uh, episode for episode 26, which was oh, you're close. the last episode before the season two overview of season two. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a bonus point, Carl. <laughs> bonus point for the shirt. All right, one point. Okay, so it looks like final tally is Carl with... 4.5 points and then Alex has 9.5 so congratulations Alex yay boo here you know cute confetti uh oh did I did I have a Freudian slip just now Alex won another think fast trivia round you may call me Ziggy yep undefeated yet again um Slimesters if you want to be on our show and Topple Alex's winning streak. Let us know, and we can have you on any topic where we cover this. Well, thank you all for playing Think Fast to Make the Grade, whether you're playing at home or Alex and Carl. Uh, we appreciate all your efforts and keeping this segment going. We actually have another segment to cover real quick. Um, it's been a while since we heard from Mona and gotten some mail from her, but believe it or not, we've got another bag fresh off the boat at Camp Onawana. So we're going to read some letters today from Mona's Mailbag. These are for you. All right. So we actually have not one, but two, but three letters from Mona's Mailbag. And I feel it fitting if we each read one for all of our Slimesters today. So I think Alex is going to read the longer one that we have. And then I'm going to do uh, a brief fan letter from Serena and then... I think Carl's going to read our latest Apple podcast review to keep things interesting. Okay, so our first Mona's mailbag is from TV Gamer, and this is uh, from the favorite Salute Your Shorts picks. And TV Gamer says, Hello, Splat Attack Podcast. I'm a huge 90s Nick fan, and I like your channel because you discuss the TV shows I watched as a kid and have the best memories from. I still watch Nickelodeon shows from the 80s and 90s today, thanks to Paramount+. Plus. I just watched your video podcast of Salute Your Shorts. I enjoyed watching that show despite its short run. I thought I would send an email sharing my favorite episodes and memories from the show. Here are my favorite episodes. Michael comes to camp. Michael is my favorite character. I like how cool he becomes after day one. I was disappointed when Michael, Eric MacArthur, left after season one. The Ghost Story. This is most people's favorite episode. I do not disagree. Zeke the Plumber was creepy to me as a kid. It also reminds me of Are You Afraid of the Dark, one of my top five favorite Nickelodeon shows. Also, that, uh, that uh, sentiment is echoed here. The Radio Call-In Contest. I enjoy trivia and knowing info about certain topics. Sponge's Night Out. Computers were a great source of entertainment in the 90s before cell phones. It's nice to see kids in an environment outside of camp for once. My favorite memories. 
Michael comes to camp, the funniest scene was when the, this boy, Fleckman, was framed for stealing the girl's objects, then given an awful waffle. I also liked when the boys snuck into the girl's bunk through camp after midnight. Bunk chief elections. In the end, Telly and Dina throw pies at each other. Then the boys get blamed for something they didn't do. This scene reminds me of What Would You Do, which also premiered in 91, shortly after Salute Your Shorts. Radio call-in contest. I like when Budnick was playing his electric guitar while singing heavy metal. My favorite scene in that episode is when Donkey Lips teaches Sponge how to armpit fart. I've been doing that since I was six and still do it now. Budnick and Michael fake being sick. The boys unlocked the freezer and ate all the ice cream. They also shared their feelings to each other. It's a good thing that uh, they pretend to be sick and stay at camp, or else they would have actually gotten sick when all the other campers went to the beach. Watching Salute Your Shorts makes me wish I went to summer camp when I was a kid. I always enjoyed listening to and singing the theme song. The fact that it has the word Bart in it was hilarious to me every time I listened. May Kirk Bailey rest in peace. He was a great dude, and I liked his character, Ugg, TV Gamer. Thank you so much for that awesome feedback. Uh, and I believe we addressed every single one of those episodes in mm -hmm. our uh, top five countdown. So thank you so much for your feedback, TV Gamer. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and it's really cool to hear some of your memories too and how they line up with ours ourselves. Um, it really makes me wondering what other Salute Your Shorts uh, and episode formats we can cover for that particular show because we didn't really do anything with it until the season three premiere. And, you know, aside from having a episode review coming up for Patreon uh, for Spooky Season, uh, um, I, you know, there's more possibilities still ahead of us for future seasons. So, you know, Slimesters and TV Gamer, let us know what kind of topics and formats you want us to cover with Salute Your Shorts. I, I'd be curious to see what you all want to see most. Uh, we actually have another letter here, believe it or not. And this comes from a lady that goes by Kelly Chibi Moon. And the title simply says, Fan. Uh, of course, she reveals her real name right here. She says, hi, I'm Serena. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of y'all's. I listen on Spotify, and I'm looking at your YouTube channel now. I think it'd be awesome if you could have a guest on who went to Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando and talk about what it was like, because I never got to go to the coolest place on earth, LOL. <laughs> you guys are both great, and I am thankful for your show. Have a great day, Team Slime, Serena. Thank you very much for that thoughtful, brief uh, mail, Serena. Mm -hmm. We appreciate that. And to answer your question, um, I, I don't know how we can track someone down. I'm sure we can put out like a like a notice on our Instagram pages or other social media to see if anyone's interested about talking their about their Nickelodeon Studios walkthrough experiences, anything like that. But yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can make some room in a future season or a Patreon timeline for, you know, just covering Nickelodeon Studios and what it was like to actually go through it in the 90s. Carl, did you ever go through it? I always, always wanted to, but uh, no, we, we never, we never took uh, family vacations to the you know, either coast growing up. So never got a chance to uh, go to Nick Studios, no. Brett, did, you didn't get to go, did you? Uh, Half and half in the sense that I didn't go during the 90s because I was too young then. And uh, mm. my parents were against uh, spending money just to go down there. I particularly like badgered them about 
us being a family on family double there, but my dad was like, no, you're too young. We don't have the money for that now. And then um, I ended up going in 2002 on a band trip of all things to Universal Studios in general. And of course me and my friends, after we were done playing at like the, the Blues Brothers stage, I believe, uh, we, we were free to roam the, 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 what was it called, the park. And we ended up going to Nick Studios there while they were doing a taping of Slime Time Live. So we got to see that as the guys are, you know, spewed slime and uh, as Dave Azer, who was host at the time, was kind of doing his thing and wrapping up the show, which is pretty neat. Um, and then we went inside for our Game Lab segment where we saw a couple kids like sit in pools of slime and do some weird Double Dare-esque obstacles. I remember it being awesome. like a really brief blur. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was fun to at least get that. And then also taking my picture at the Nickelodeon stand with the roller coaster of Nicktoons and it's got like heads open for you to put them in. So it, it's better than nothing. I would have loved to go in the 90s, but I'm still happy that I had that memory. I got to go in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, really? I remember, I remember very little about it. Uh, I remember being terrified of being slimed because, <laughs> as we addressed previously, I, I, that was not my thing and uh, as a kid still isn't. But uh, I do remember seeing the uh, little stands where you can take your picture. I even have one of those. I'll put it here in the episode. And uh, I remember going to Game Labs, and they were testing Sonic 2 for uh, adding it to Nick Arcade. And uh, I also got to see the set of Clarissa Explains It All. They, I got to see the set of Clarissa Explains It All. They weren't taping, but they left the set up for uh, people to view. But um, that's that's yeah. all I remember. But it's a great suggestion, and I'm sure there are many others who have far more uh, elaborate memories of going through. And uh, almost every time it gets brought up on the uh, facebook in the nickelodeon group that i'm a part of somebody comes forward and says oh yes i remembered so i'm sure we can find somebody that's cool yeah we'll do we'll do some digging and see where we can fit into our schedule because right now um season four and five are are mostly locked in but we still have some wiggle room depending on who we can get for yeah. guests now i will say i've been to the studios the location just not when it was nick studios sure mm, oh the blue man yeah group. i saw the blue man group there which, which was like a thrill in itself just to be in the oh, yeah. spot of Nick Studios. <laughs> I wonder if they had any leftover uh, Nick Studios toilet paper hanging out in the bathrooms. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. No, but they still had the um, the uh, slime tiles in the bathrooms, though. Yep. Ooh, yep. very cool. I don't know how that connects to the Blue Man Group, but it's, it's great that there's still remnants of our history there. And I, I think and they also moved the time capsule to... Uh, their Burbank studio location as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. I so. think as of like now, the probably the only thing left that resembles Nick Studios is that slime tile in the, the bathrooms. I think yeah. even like the murals, the Ren and Stimpy murals and all that have been painted over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sign of the times, I suppose. That's well, okay. We'll build our own studio and make it happen again. <laughs> All right, our, uh, Carl, will you uh, let us know about our latest Apple podcast review? Yeah, this is from um, A506 is the username uh, titled So Much Fun. And I have to agree. I have to agree, A506. <laughs> um, so A506 says one of the best 90s nostalgia podcasts out there. Love taking trips down memory lane with these guys. Really love the anniversary episodes like the recent Roundhouse one, which was epic. And there's an exclamation point, which is why I had to say it like that. I agree. I agree, 506. This podcast is so much fun. And I 
you say it's one of the best. I say it is the best '90s nostalgia podcast. Oh, that's well, so sweet you, of you. Thank you. Yeah. You just say that because you're here. <laughs> <laughs> no, he means that. I can tell. <laughs> uh, well, we appreciate that uh, Apple Podcast review because I know everyone has a very busy day in in this kind of world we live in. So. Even if you take just a minute to write something like this podcast rules, you know, that that means a lot to us, both from a moral standpoint and also helping us grow and get noticed in a, in a very, very saturated podcast uh, sphere. So thank you very much, uh, A506, for writing to us and for anyone who's considered giving us a review or even just tapping a rating of like four or five stars, even one star. We'd love to hear from you and, uh, you know, make it happen after you listen to this or any of the other episodes. Um, also for A506, uh, we're reading this uh, just before, or like the timeline's a little bit weird where you haven't heard the Guts 30th anniversary yet. Definitely go check that out. That was a lot of fun to make. And if you want to go deeper into our back catalog, we actually covered four anniversaries in season one, which is Nicktoons, uh, What Would You Do, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and Nick Arcade. So if you're a big fan of that show format, check all those out in your free time, either on YouTube or your podcast platform of choice, where we are. And if you thought the Roundhouse episode was epic, then you will definitely enjoy the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode because that one was equally epic. Yeah, lightning in a bottle. Like, it can't be replicated anywhere else. And I'm just very thankful that we made all these anniversaries happen with the guests that we've had so far. You, you yeah. guys are doing wow. such a cool thing for the, the 90s nostalgia community. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We like to do our best to serve everyone with their nostalgic needs. Well... I think it's time to uh, pull this butt puppy back into the bus bus station or wherever Stu goes after he's done working at Wellsville High. Uh, so let's let's end this episode with our closing question. What is your favorite back to school Nickelodeon episode? Doesn't even have to be Pete and Pete. Could be 15, Welcome Freshman, Hey Arnold, anything you can think of. Let us know via email at splatattack2021 at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at splatattackpodcast or even leave us some comments in uh, you know YouTube, splatattackpodcast as well. And we may share your response in a future bonus mailbag segment. Thank you again, Carl, for joining us today and being our judge. We are so grateful to have you here, meet you face to face, and just spread the, the magic and the beauty and the love of being in this 90s Nick community together. Do you have any final thoughts or you want to plug anything before we go today? Yeah, just thanks again for having me. Um, it's, it's always fun to talk 90s Nick with people who love it as much as I do. Um, check, check, check me out on uh, Instagram. It's uh, 90s Nick Tube. Um, that's, uh, you know, NickTube is kind of the brand. We used to do the, the Saturday Night Snick streams on Facebook. Unfortunately, we can't do that anymore. But um, yeah, we're, we're always trying to think of new creative ways to celebrate 90s Nickelodeon. So, And I will also say that uh, Brett and I and Carl had mentioned at one point uh, that we would like to do an Instagram live. Uh, with Carl because uh, Carl as you have seen in this episode has got some really awesome uh, 90s Nick memorabilia and I'd love to do an Instagram live with him so that way you all can see this collection because it's it's something to behold so we'll uh, we'll put that on the books at some point soon and uh, you'll want to tune in for that definitely Can't thank wait. you again Carl for being here my pleasure you know so fun to have a fellow fan who's passionate as we are to talk about this and you're welcome anytime you want to join us uh, depending on the topic excellent thanks for, for future episodes yeah all right guys uh tune in next time slimesters when splat attack gets spooky for the month of october 
Just like last year, we'll be tuning, turning on the black lights, inverting our logo colors, and getting festive with a slew of scary Halloween-themed episodes. Both here on Patreon. Well, both here and on Patreon, believe it or not. We've got one on Patreon and two here, and I'm sure we're going to throw in some mini-sodes for good measure, too. Uh, we had a few fans request some Are You Afraid of the Dark, so we're going to throw that in. We're going to... You know, dive into some other more niche topics and surprisingly some popular topics that we really haven't touched upon since our early days. Uh, so, you know, with that being said, hint, hint, uh, we'll actually be covering a show topic that I've been wanting to do since the inception of this podcast, which is top five scariest Rugrats moments. And I'm sure a lot of you have some nightmare fuel to share with us as our friend Kelsey from Slime and Slashers will be returning to share her top five scariest moments with us and all you Slimesters. So definitely get excited for that because I know a lot of you have been wanting to hear Rugrats on our podcast since episode one. And let's get spooky together. <laughs> Don't forget your Reptar bars too. Because I'm sure we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna mention some uh, Halloween themed episodes in our lists. Until then, Alex, will you drain the slime tank for us, please? I've got the study up on my upcoming exam for bus driver Pete. I don't want to let him down after all. Aye, aye, co-captain. Don't forget your trust, loyalty, and niceness pen, and your bus driver underwear. Way ahead of you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Watch you later, Slimesters. See you in school. And also spooky season. Reprise the theme song and roll the credits. Hard to believe, folks, but it's time to say goodbye. Nighty night. Hey, check us out next time for more adventure and another great legend of the Hidden Temple. What will we do till then? Chill for a couple. We'll be back. You're on, Nick. And it was time for the superhero to move on. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Bye-bye. Welcome aboard the Yellow Fever. I am your captain, driver Stu Benedict. Our traveling time will be approximately 60 minutes. We will be cruising at a speed of 55 miles an hour, moving swiftly away from the twisted wreckage of my shattered life! <laughs>